Welcome to the Practice Podcast, conversations probing the nature of practice. I'm your host, Dave Firon. Dr. Maria Leiling Lam generously offered to do this conversation with me because she wanted to honor Peter Vale, her teacher, Peter Vale. And I am doing this entire series of episodes on practice to honor Peter Vale. And I had the privilege of helping him finish by co-authoring Practice as a Way of Being to honor Peter Vale. So there's a lot of honoring Peter Vale going on here, but when you listen to Maria, you'll know why. I have no more to add to her eloquence about the experience that she's had with Peter throughout her career. And now she's teaching uh, organizational leadership and change to doctoral students and a brand new program at Anderson University. And it's fulfilling one of her dreams to influence in a positive way doctoral students just the way Peter did for her, for me, and so many others. So here is Maria Lei Ling Lam. Folks, this, this is a, a happy, happy reunion of someone who I've only met virtually, but the reunion goes all the way back to us sharing a chairman of our doctoral committee and uh, obviously leadership in our dissertation. And that's Peter Vale. I uh, am talking with Maria Lai. Help me out. Ling Lam. Maria Lai Ling Lam. And yes. I can I can edit my my jumping start on Maria Leiling Lang. It's a, it's, it's a beautiful alliteration. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, she is uh, a professor of management or is it business? Uh, we call you a professor of, of leadership and organizational studies. I love it. Anderson University, South Carolina. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I, love, yeah. I love that combination, leadership and organization studies. Mm-hmm. And, and that's really uh, another place where you and I and Peter intersected because while he loved teaching about organization, effective organizations, effective teams, high-performing teams, he always seemed to have uh, a special um, place for conversations about leadership. And right through to the end when he was working on our book on practice as a way of being, and he had several conjectures about leadership, he left it open. He's saying, I think leadership is a practice if you intend it to be so, uh, but let's explore. And isn't, isn't that how he was? He, he never said, this is it. This is definitely it. Done, done, done. <laughs> That's why I admire his uh, wisdom. When I was a doctor student, I followed uh, his uh, committee, and whenever he talked about anything in doctor students' proposal defense, he changed the gravity, the center of gravity. I told him this. 
you, you just listen to him and just find something mm, was really very, very different from other professors or other committee members. That's mm -hmm. why I find something very, very deep inside him. Maybe he has some myth, uh, myth or mythical knowledge or, or his own beliefs. And I also now when I graduated and after 25 years, I read these things again when I prepare my new syllabus. I said, oh, yes, leadership is about change. I now love I'm, that. Yeah. I'm, now I'm teaching, uh, teaching theory and practice of organizational development and change. Mm -hmm. So I can see leadership is about change and all leadership should be moral because you have to change some things for better outcome, for better goodness. Mm -hmm. So, so that's why I think uh, he, he he has very strong values, but he would not force other people to take his own thinking. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes when he gives us, when he gives us very specific things, we just want to memorize them. We just don't want to think about this. So I think this is a way um, of his own uh, teaching and also his own wisdom and humility. Uh, the thing I admire him is his courage. Wow, and, and it certainly was proved over and over again. And then after his uh, being paralyzed by that surgical yes. accident, now he took the personal definition of courage to an incredibly high level. Yeah. Uh, he worked as long as he could after 20, uh, 2001 when that happened Yeah. with, you know, the, the limitations of a wheelchair and so forth. And then when that wasn't working any longer, he went to one of the first really virtual leadership programs at Antioch University. Yes. And basically reached out to Al Gustin, who was the president and said, I would like to teach in the doctoral program. And I have it on one of my early episodes. Mm -hmm. Gustin's went crazy. He just said, this is impossible. Peter Vale is asking if he can work in our program. Uh, of course he can. <laughs> and he did for five or six years. And he worked with yeah. scholar practitioners. He yes. believed, as you do. Yes. I know you do, because we were in a meeting recently about that with mm -hmm. uh, Steve Cady and, and, uh, and the, those folks, he felt that a doctorate at any stage of one's practice life is almost a requirement to lead. If you're going to invest in it, then you are on the, on the edge of things changing. That's where yes. you're going to be <laughs> because people will say, Oh, doctor, so-and-so, come and help us think this through. Come and take, help us take a look at this. Yeah. And in particular, come and help us change. And Peter um, said just what you said in one of our conjectures. Yes. And in, and in the podcast, he said, why other wife, would we have any other reason for leadership if it isn't about change? It's either it's happening to us in white water. Yeah. And therefore, we need to figure something out very quickly and move forward in a new direction. 
or uh, it's people, it's a long standing reluctance to change. Change just isn't happening in time for the good of the organization or, or the good of the person. Yeah. But your point about his, uh, his uh, beliefs and, and if he did insist on one thing in my years as his student, he insisted on morality He's, and spirituality. And he didn't say, all right, now don't go and put morality in a little square and then put spirituality in a little square and say, okay, that's what, no. Once you understand that morality is something you're going to be generating for the rest of your life through choices mm -hmm. and that it's spirituality that's going to make you want better <laughs> That that put it together for me. And I, I now see, Maria, that it put it together for you, too. Yes, because I always believe that these doctor students, they are so involved in their daily, daily work. Yeah. And they have already know the process. And also they would be very sensitive to what kinds of knowledge or skills are relevant to them. And if they can get some help from the doctor program and get some academic record and peer reviews, they can be a high impact, thoughtful practitioners in, in the world of permanent white water. Because at that time, they must need a lot of critical thinkings and support and and also, they have to deal with a lot of ambiguities, uncertainties. So I still find theories are useful to inform them and to help them to make sense of some things, to tell their stories. But on the other hand, they can think in abstract ways and to create new conceptual framework that are relevant to their own local context. And that's why uh, I really admire Dr. Will because I, I just like, okay, one day I would like him and to play around with all ideas. But now when I work and try to work with, with my doctor students now in my two months, I still find, wow, so many things need to be learned. <laughs> Because from outside, you can see, oh, it's so easy to yeah. talk about some ideas. Indeed, maybe even, even the word spiritual mm -hmm. as, uh, leadership, mm -hmm. it can mean different things to different people. Now I'm teaching in a Christian university. I have to keep on reminding, even Dr. Will did not did not using Christian faith exactly in uh, his writing. However, he has this kind of um, uh, belief. Even before he was my chair, I even asked him a question. Are you a Christian? I could sense it. I, mm -hmm. could, I could, maybe I can sense this. So I asked him this question. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did he give you a direct answer? Yes, he he he, he then yeah, and sometimes I also challenge him some something. Would you ask forgiveness from your children because you talk about forgiveness? 
I'll say sorry. And I, I never know anything, but I just say, will you say sorry to your children? He said, no. <laughs> <laughs> but this is, uh, this is not to uh, um, dishonor him, but I just find he is very authentic. He has courage and he admits. And so when I worked very hard, even I work on Sunday, he said, you have to take a break on Sunday. Do you know Sabbath? I said, yes, but I saw you also working on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> you caught him in his office. Huh? <laughs> no, no, because his office uh, and I run, I lived very close to, to the GW at the time at the campus. Mm -hmm. And I mm -hmm. run also and I saw the light on his office. Yeah. So outside, I saw he was working. Yeah. So, so I, I just said, oh, you also did this. And he said, I was not a good example. <laughs> <laughs> that's see, why I that, like this. Yeah, that, 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 that's a wonderful story. And it really points up his humility. If you look at the yeah. other aspects of his yeah. great intellect, and yes. he was certainly well involved with mm -hmm. all the, in quotes, big names of our field back yes. then, organization yeah. behavior leadership. He was leader at the Org behavior, Organization Behavior Teaching Society. He was leader at NTL. He, everywhere he went, he was building organizations that would support us professionally outside and beyond of what he was doing at GW. And it's it, every time I turn around and meet someone from back in that day, I say I'm representing Peter Vale's work uh, now that he's passed away. And they say, oh, I've got to tell you about Peter and this is what we're doing. So what is it? Can, can you put your finger on why he had such an impact on you and me as students? Was it the way he was in the classroom? Was, it, was he a great lecturer? <laughs> I think love. I am grateful for uh, God sending him, uh, and he had this kind of a uh, God's presence in his, maybe in his life or in his meeting with us, and so that's why in my dissertation I dedicated my dissertation to him because of his uh, his faith in us. That's it. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Um, yeah. And I am very grateful. So, yeah, even later when I publish articles, I always will acknowledge him for many years. Yeah. Were you at a GW in a doctoral program at the time of Eric Dent? Yes. And uh, that's why, do you know, I told my boss about the impact of Dr. Whale in my teaching. And my boss, Dr. Small, would like to meet Dr. Will. I, oh, and then I said, no, he has passed away. He did not know his background. And now uh, Eric would have a meeting with him and me on November 11. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. So, Eric, Eric yeah. boy, he was, he, his uh, tributes to Peter, which I'm going yes. to be linking into the digital book that's on practice as a way of being, were just, uh, like you are sounding real, genuine. And, and Eric said famously, <laughs> uh, I 
give anything for a conversation with Peter Vale. It's the most important thing that I used to do when I was a student, a conversation with Peter. Not that I wanted to listen to his lecture. I wanted to read it. It was about this give and take with Peter in the moment. Peter was so present in the yes. moment, wherever yes. he was. Uh, he just had this sense of, okay, I'm here. And your point is beautifully put. He was there and he looked around and he started to show you even before he spoke that he was happy to be there and he was eager to know you. Thank you. I think uh, indeed it was God's arrangement. And indeed I went to doctor program as PhD in marketing. I finished my comprehensive exam in one and a half year and I started to do my dissertation and I thought I could finish as soon as possible, but something came out. The proposal could not work under my current chair. And then Dr. Whale had courage and to take up the, my work and rechange it and work as my chair. And I did not know his, uh, his influence in organization behavior in the field. I have no idea. Yeah. He was such a great, great leader and until I I was working with him and I have to take more and more OB classes so I have double major I have, <laughs> I have to finish my PhD program in six years more so so that is all uh, blessings my extended year in a, my doc, in the doctor program was was working with him and it really changed my mindset about strategy, leadership, organization, and change. So, mm -hmm. but until I read the writings by Eric, and I know, oh, he has so much uh, impact on, on people in the society. Even I met him after I graduated and I, I visited him in Minnesota in 2015 or 2003. He even told me I was a grade B student. What? Yes. I was so surprised because I know whenever I went to the meeting, people always say that Dr. Will was genius. Mm -hmm. in, a, in Even in a PhD program, many, many people was, would tell me he was a genius. But when I talked with him, I did not feel he was he was a giant, but I would tell it was true. When you listen to him, I find something very, very, something. Very, very deep. I don't know what to say, but just a kind of a mystical power. <laughs> and I did not know him so much, the background. I came from Hong Kong and mm -hmm. I did not expect to be in OB field. No, but. Uh, because of uh, his personal influences. And so I think that this uh, God's prayer and, and he has this kind of, uh, this kind of deep, deep um, relationship yes. with our creator, but he, he did not articulate this. But it was so interesting when I met him again, he said, I was a grade B student 
but when he was accepted in the Harvard uh, MBA school, he was scared to death. Yeah. He told me he, how he worked hard, how he, so I like his idea, um, learning as a way of being. Yes. And, and also, if you know the meaning of learning and you know how to get this kind of uh, meanings or transcendent meanings, Mm-hmm. to support you, to, uh, to help you to go through a lot of trials and errors and still have gratitude in the heart. I can only say that he always say love. That's why yes. I could feel he's a person who really practiced how to love someone. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I... Uh... I'm not going to take too much of this time to make it all about me, but I have to tell you uh, that when I met Peter, I was 27 years old. I was very fortunate to have a fellowship to work on my PhD at the University of Connecticut. I was a hot shot. I I knew everything about learning. And and I, oh yeah. yeah. And then I took it. and I was in the ed school for where the fellowship was, but I had the same experience. I, I said, well, I want to take a course in organization behavior, and there is one in the business school. I want to put that into my program. Fortunately, I had a wonderful uh, person supporting me in the ed school, Mark Scheibels, and he said, sure. I, he said, there is someone. I've met him a few times. I think he's very interesting. His name is Peter Vale. If you can get into his class, I'll certainly put it in your program. So I, I remember going to that class and oh, I'm, I'm such a hot shot. And, and Peter just calmed me down. He didn't say, all right, that's it. You know, because I wanted to talk all the time. That's my problem still. And I remember I'm quite sure this happened. I, we went outside the classroom at the end and I said, I, I love to be in this class. He said, well, I know you can talk, Dave, but can you listen? <laughs> like, boing, <laughs> there goes my ego in a good way. Because the more I learned with him and from him, the more I saw how uh, he used his listening in order to come up with a conceptual offering that he would like to give you at any moment in time. He wanted to know what, what was going on with you and what, what you, he could address as opposed to, oh, here's another person I can proselytize to. Here's another person I can tell what leadership is. Never. Never. And so just quickly to jump my story to your point of providence and, and um, a meant-to-be many years later and he and i would see each other occasionally at conferences before his accident and then i kept connecting with him and trying to and did bring him virtually into a couple of our organization behavior teaching conferences Um, but it was periodic that we talked and out of the blue about this time in 2018 i got a call from his daughter emily said peter would like to talk to you about helping him finish a manuscript on practice. Yeah. And he's in hospice. 
I thought, oh my goodness, I'm in Connecticut. He's there. He's the giant. I'm the <laughs> I'm the elf <laughs> when it comes to published word work. And I said, Emily, there's so many people, uh, former students of his, who are well published and have editors, you know, calling him and asking for the next book. And I'm not that person. And and she said, Dad, ask for you. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> and so that began our reunion and our, and then we worked together until his last week in life. We, he was in the hospital and yeah. we talked and we were talking enthusiastically about lining up more conversations with the podcast because he loved talking to my former students. And we were going to be talking to Eric Dent and to Catherine Kaplan. Yes. Uh, and he, he said, those are the people I want to speak to. And then, of course, suddenly he passed away. The book is done and Great. it's going to live forever. It's a digital book and I can continually add to it. The podcast series is thriving. And every time I do anything, it's for Peter. Yeah, me too. I'm still that ego. <laughs> But I feel that this work is making a difference all over. Anytime anyone talks about practice now, or anytime I can meet someone, I'll say, what do you do? Oh, I'm, what do you love doing? Oh, I really loved it. Now we are getting into a practice mind. That's the way of being. And the more you can do what you love and do it better, no matter what the circumstances, the richer your life becomes. And that's the gift that Peter put into that book on practice. Yes. And that's why in my spring semester, I will use a book about strategy as practice. Ah, yeah. yes. It's yeah. nothing until it's done, right? Yeah. It's yeah. just lovely words on, on paper or on print. Yeah, on but the... I, I also encourage students to observe, observe how practitioners do the strategies are, are strategizing or implementing mm -hmm. in their organization. So mm -hmm. I can only say that this is all his inference, but he always said that you have your mind because I have my upbringing. I also consider institutional authorities yes. more than individual authority. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, I remember when I was doctor students, you are more of a sociologist, and you know, so yes, we talk about our ways of knowing things. Yeah, so but I deeply, deeply appreciate, and also I think um, he has this gift from from God, and know how to serve the students well. Uh, that is uh, what I admire. <laughs> now I'm carrying on his work in my way. Yeah. But you're carrying on Peter's work in your way then, aren't you? Yeah. Yes, it's true. That's why I honor him. And also I would like to say that um, he's very humble. He wants me to have my own idea, my own way, not to imitate him. However, learning is like imitation, you know. Yeah, Sometimes sure. I, I would imitate what he did. But sometimes I may not know that 
it is only raw thinking. And so when I try to practice and put it in my classroom, I said, wow, there's so many gaps. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you know, but I envy you. I I mean, I've been retired for six years. I love the classroom and I love what we could create we being the co- co-inquirers students and, yeah, yeah. and and it was wonderful and 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 you're you're now moving and this is the last few minutes we'll talk more about you, you mm-hmm. what you're doing mm-hmm. you um told me when we first connected that you are um, finally teaching doctoral students and yeah. you've made a move to anderson university where you can do that Yes. And you've only been at it for two months. Yes. <laughs> uh, so you still want to teach doctoral students after two whole months doing it? <laughs> I still strongly believe that I can make more impacts yeah. and I can create my own uh, course and curriculum. And also I can also bring a lot of different ideas in, mm-hmm. in the in the program. And later I have to supervise doctor students Mm-hmm. And I think that this is also a great um, uh, contribution, or maybe it's a way to return what this, what Dr. Whale has invested in my life and yeah. return to other students and just pass the blessings to other people. If you are interested, I can tell my boss, would you like to be our doctor students advisors? We, because in our program is a new program. It starts oh, two wow. years ago, and now we have 160 PhD students. That's amazing. Yeah, can you see this? So um, that is wonderful. We have a lot of work. I know it's recording, but I see the lot of potentials, and also I think uh, Christian faith really has a lot of good foundation mm-hmm. for. For spiritual leadership, mm-hmm. half of our students are ministers, are pastors, senior pastors. Oh, yeah. 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 And all, all the denominations, or are there a particular domin- Usually from, uh, as, uh, yes, usually many of them are from uh, Southern Baptist Convention. Yes. But, mm-hmm. but I think uh, a few of them also coming from a uh, reformed church, a uh, Presbyterian, um, yeah, mm. yeah, Church of Christ, yeah, yeah. So, well, that, that that that's a great opportunity to combine their uh, life experiences and their spiritual experiences in a program where you have a, a, a sort of a nice palette to work with. There, I mean, you 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 can you and your colleagues can craft something new and what we talked about in that meeting that steve katie conducted last week was boy do we need new doctoral education do we need new approaches do we need more people who will commit to that higher um calling really to uh, earn a phd and 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 get out there with that particular credential and outlook (laughs) Yes. And so well, people should be pay, paying attention to what you are doing at Anderson and learning with you and from you. It's as, not from, uh, yeah, it's a teamwork and I, we have a very committed team. And I also strongly believe that because church 
needs a lot, a lot of changes. Oh yes, okay. that whole institution of yes. you know it's it's undergoing and in every every dimension and dominant nominations is it's same thing as every other institution. It's yeah. it's it's humans are uh, trying gallantly to hold to the core values of their particular discipline but there's so many um so many uh distractions if you will for people now and and so many other media that continually compete uh yeah i i think it's going to be a, a frontier that you're in now yeah Maria. my team and i i think not i but i just think of my team and also uh we all are committed to have this type of uh, education to our students, but it's a new, new learning experience to me. So I read today the book, Learning as a Way of Being Again, and uh, try to learn from Dr. Whale about refractive beginner. So I You'd have like to, to begin. You are one. <laughs> yes, I need to, to, to remind myself, even I have taught for 25 years, Mm -hmm. in college but this is a really very new and you know online teaching is different from my face-to-face -face teaching sure so, um, a lot thank to you learn. for thank you for this writing because i, I when he was when i was doctor student he finished uh, the book learning as a way of being so that's right 1995 yeah yeah so yeah, I you were right in the middle of his mind. Yes, yes. <laughs> as his student, I love the book. But I just think yes, because I think uh, we are all beginners, and we would not like to put ourselves um, to rush ourselves to be finished product or to be competence uh, right. leader. So yeah. I think um, his idea of beginner is very very impressive and deeply ingrained in my mind yeah yeah in the last couple of minutes yes. Maria, i'm curious you grew up in hong kong what yeah. brought you for all the way from hong kong to us here in the states what, what was the moment that i don't know for me yeah that time i was young i just want to to pursue PhD education. I got a very good job and in Hong Kong and everything was good, but I just like no future. So I applied for a doctor program and I, so I moved from Hong Kong to Washington DC. Wow. And then, and then all this experience. And I, I when I finished, I just went back home, Hong Kong to work. Oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah, I went back to Hong Kong. And then later, and I, the first job I had was 2001, uh, I got a job uh, at Malone University, Ohio, and the university sponsors me. It took me 10 years to be a citizen here. Yeah. 10 years, yeah. Yeah, oh, so, congratulations. I'm glad you stuck you. with it. <laughs> yeah. So um, that is very interesting. And yeah, when I did my dissertations about Chinese expatriates perception about U.S.-China business negotiations and relations. Oof, I think Dr. Will and I were <laughs> crazy sometimes. When I look back 20 years later, wow, when I perceived this topic, yeah. he allowed me to do it. Okay. Yeah. 
yeah. I could see how complex it was. Even after yeah. 22, 25 years later, yeah. I still uh, admire his courage, his commitment, and also I see the complexity of a dissertation yeah. like this. So thank you. Well, let me feed back to you since we've just met and now I've listened to you. I admire your courage, your compassion, and your commitment. You, you're a pride to those of us who um, had the benefit of Peter Bell's teaching. And uh, I'm so glad to be able to add you to the podcast conversation so more people will hear you and me talking about the person to whom this whole work is dedicated, Peter Vale. So thank you, Maria, thank you. so much. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. Thank you for this chance. And you take care. Yeah. Good. Thanks for listening to the Practice Podcast, where we discuss practice with a capital P. If you'd like to hear more, listen in on Spotify, Automatic, Apple Podcasts or go to inactionresearch.com slash podcast dash page. And if you'd like to learn more about social inaction and the nature of practice, head over to inactionresearch.com for more information. Thank you for supporting this show. We look forward to hearing from you soon. Oh, and, and one more thing. How could I forget? The book, On Practice as a Way of Being, is available now in digital form, something that would be new, like podcasting to many of us, and it's a, a great way of learning more and more about what this podcast presented when Peter Vale and I originated it several years ago. So please come to www mylibrary, one word, dot world, slash practice, and you'll see what I mean. Thank you.